Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Marcus Wilson. I'm the host of the Details of Life, where we're going to bring you some of the inside details and knowledge from the best basketball minds in the game. Today, we have head coach of University of Southern Indiana, Stan Gerard. I've been knowing Stan since 1995 when he was the Division II National Player of the Year. Used to call him Superman Stan. And since then, he went overseas and played a little bit, came back, and has most recently been the head coach of University of Indianapolis for the last 12 years where he compiled a 228 and 117 record, which is a 66% win percentage. Once you get over 65% win percentage, you're getting the job done. So he's done a great job at University of Indianapolis and has now returned home to his alma mater where, like I said, he won the Division II National Player of the Year and a team national championship, which I'm sure he's hoping to do as a coach. So we had a chance to talk about his memories winning that national championship, his time as a player here, his time at University of Indianapolis, where he had some success, how he built the culture there, and how he's hoping to transfer that culture here to University of Southern Indiana. Also, Stan is a, a man of high integrity, so you're going to see in a lot of his answers, he talked about family, integ integrity, character, all those things that he wants to bring to his team here at USI. We also talked about how he builds a coaching staff because his staff the way that he built at University of Southern Indiana was a little bit different. Most of the time when a head coach comes in, he gets rid of the entire old staff and brings in all new guys. He kept a coach off the USI staff and brought in some of his guys. So we talked to him about what, what was the thought process behind that and what he looks for when he's building a basketball staff, which is important for a lot of you guys that want to be coaches one day, guys or gals that want to be coaches one day at the Division One or Division Two level or at the college level in general. So a lot of good things we talked about. Like I said, expectations for next year. So many good things. Can't wait for you guys to get to know this guy better. So without further ado, let's go ahead and chime in with University of Southern Indiana head coach, Stan Gerard. Like I just prefaced, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to bring on old friend and head coach of University of Southern Indiana, Stan Gerard. How you doing, coach? I'm great, Marcus. How you doing, man? I'm great. You know, I, I played at Evansville. You played at USI. And when I got to Evansville, I kept hearing about this dude named Superman, right? And I've come to find out it was you. And so what was it like back then? Because I know you had won a national championship, D2 player of the year. So what were some of your memories like and what were your experiences like playing for USI during, that, during those really successful times? Well, it, it was a great moment in time, man. Um, I feel like the things we've done there uh, at, at USI um, – National champions in 95, runner-ups in 94. I think we put USI on the map with that championship team we had in 95. Um, but uh, a lot of people know about Division II basketball. Everybody thought and, and took that level of basketball for granted. And it was a high level of basketball, as you, as you know, um, with uh, the way we played, you know, some of the guys we had. We had a number of guys, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Division I level uh, that was a part of that basketball team that, you know, made us great. Uh, you know, one guy in mind, uh, our key component in, uh, with that 94 team uh, was Tyrone Tate. You know, he transferred from Utah. And uh, that year, we were runner-ups. And uh, Tyrone goes into the NCAA tournament and, and averages 16 assists. And uh, he, he was just a, a different guy. He's from Chicago, had that tough guy mentality. And uh, everybody on the team except me was afraid of him because uh, he was just one of those guys, man, where he – you know, he held everybody accountable. And uh, still to this day, I, I told him just last week, he's the best player I ever played with. Oh, wow. That's a lot of praise because you had a lot of hoopers on that team. I remember, man, you guys were <laughs> you guys were tough. When did you realize that you wanted to be a coach? 
And like, who gave you your break to get into coaching? I think over time, as a as a player, you know, when you're when you're playing uh, college basketball, even high school, you you become a captain. And I, I think there, when when you when you a captain or, or somebody who's a leader of your basketball team, you know, you get that itch to be a coach. And you know, just being some of the great guys who coached me, uh, my junior college coach Tom Ashman, uh, all the way to Bruce Pearl at, at uh, Southern Indiana, uh, my 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 coach overseas, all those guys, you know, I looked up to those guys and, and felt like, you know, I wanted to be like those guys. I don't think none of this would have happened had I had a bad experience as a student athlete because you, you're like, I don't want to be a coach because those guys are, you know, what's, but all those guys treated me with respect, uh, you know, made me to the man, made me the man I am today. And uh, I felt like, you know, it wasn't until really, I think 1990, gosh, I'm telling my age now, Marcus, 1996, uh, 95, rather, we was in the national championship game. We was riding from the hotel to uh, to shoot around on, on, the, on the game there, the national championship game. And uh, Coach Pearl, you know, anybody knows Coach Pearl, he's a, a very real person in terms of his conversation. So he was just going around the van asking guys, what do you want to do when you get done playing if you don't, you know, go play pro basketball? And I said, I wanted to be a coach. And from that point, he thought I, he told me I was crazy. Uh, but I really did because of the way, like I said, all the coaches who I played for, how those guys instilled some qualities in me. And I think over time, my leadership. So uh, my first big break came when I came back, when I finished playing, concluded my playing career in Europe. I came back at Johnny Logan College and I was an, I was an academic advisor for a year. Uh, and the dominoes start to fall. Uh, Coach Pearl takes a job at Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And then the assistant at USI at the time, Rick Hurtis, who recruited me, to USI, he took over as head coach. He bought back myself and uh, Mark Hostetter. We both were former players on that championship basketball team. He bought us back. And uh, that was my break in college basketball uh, coming up on 20 years ago. And, um, you know, it was one of those things I wanted to give it a try. Didn't know how it would work out, but, you know, I got into it and loved it so much and never looked back. Well, we're glad to have you in it because obviously you've done well. You know, you were at U of I, University of Indianapolis, for – 12 years, accumulated right. a 66% win percentage. For those of you who don't know, you get above 60, 65, man, that's, that's getting it done. You were 228 and 117. But you were there for 12 years, and I remember thinking over time there were different opportunities that popped up, whether it was an assistant position at Auburn or Tennessee where Coach Pearl was at or a USI job opened. And so were you looking for other jobs or were you approached with other jobs? And, you know, what, what allowed you to stay there for 12 years? Well, first of all, when you're at a place that, that treats you well and treats you right and you're working for good people, uh, it, it's hard to leave. You know, uh, if you look across the board in college basketball, uh, there's very few coaches who's been in a place for 12 years, you know, as head coaches. You either get a new job or you get fired for, for not having success. And I was very fortunate to just have a great cast of student athletes that came through my program. When you start looking at opportunities, you always think about, you know, if it was just me, I would have been going. I would have taken a job. Uh, who knows where, but when you have a, a wife of, of uh, uh, 17 years and uh, a 10 year old, you got to really, you know, put it on perspective and make sure that wherever we decide to go is going to be a place they can survive at. And uh, there was a couple of places that we had thought about going, but when we did, you know, did the numbers and looked at some of the important things like the schooling systems, you know, how my daughter is going to grow up, uh, we, we didn't move. Uh, but there's a couple of jobs that um, I really wanted, and of course, and I did not get my hands on. Uh, but everything's happens for a reason, for a reason rather. 
you know, you pray about it, you know, you put it in God's hands and you know how it is always say one door closes, you know, and God opens another door. And uh, that's what's happened in my career right now. You know, do I want to be, I mean, did I want to be at a different place at this point in my career? Yes, I did. But that's not what God had in store for me. I think all alone, God's plan was for me to be back at USI and uh, lead these guys hopefully to a national championship this year. And that's my goal. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have other opportunities. I mean, you're still a young guy. Uh, <laughs> you're from a talent-rich area. You know what I'm saying? You're from around the Indianapolis right. area, which I think probably led to some of your success at U of I. And, then, and now coming back to Evansville, you know, you're still – couple hours away from Indy, so you can still recruit there strong. And leading on to the next stage of your career now, you know, I remember when the announcement was was made that you were the, the new coach. And, I mean, Twitter was going crazy. People were texting me. And, I mean, it was just a – it was a – a lot of buzz, well, and deservedly so. There is officially a new guy in charge at USI. Today, Stan Gerrard was announced as the next head basketball coach of the Screaming Eagles. Now, USI is familiar stomping grounds for Gerrard. He, of course, as you see right there, was one of the star players on that 1995 national championship team. Now, he takes over after a 12-year stint at UND, where he led the Greyhounds to six 20-win seasons. Now, Coach says coming back home to USI is a dream come true, and he's ecstatic that it's now a reality. So what does it feel like coming back to a place that, you know, you're so revered and you had so much success and everybody's so excited to have you back and what they call home for you? Well, it feels great, man. Uh, USI has molded my, my career and me personally because, you know, going into any college situation, you are, I, I think you go in as a boy and leave as a man. And uh, the people at USI, the administration, and all of my teammates uh, really molded me into the person I, that I am today. All great people. You know, you always tell my young men that I coach right now, surround yourself with good people because that's going to have an important impact in your career um, um, as a person and, and career-wise. And uh, Coach Pearl and Coach Herders did a great job of surrounding us with great guys that pushed us in a number of ways. And to go back to a place where, like I said a second ago, that has, impact, has impacted my life, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's, it's kind of like a dream job. Uh, my wife and I both, grad, both graduated from USI. And, uh, you know, on that day when we, when we finally accepted the job, you know, like yourself, you know, my phone was blowing up with a, a number of people who I played on the team with, uh, boosters, guys who have had – did not play college basketball there, but this was in, in, in classes at the time when I played there, just reached back out. And, and that made me feel special that, you know, going to a place where I'm wanted. Uh, the tough thing about going back to USI is, is, is it, it's going to be tough. You, you've been in Evansville before. You know how uh, the people of Evansville are with their, with their basketball. Not just Evansville, but Indiana, period. Right. But uh, USI and, and, and U of E, of course, they love their basketball. And the career I had there at USI, I'm putting it all on the line <laughs> to go back as, a, as their coach. Uh, but I, I trust my craft. I trust everything I've done uh, prior to this point to go in there and do a great job. You know, not to uh, knock what those guys have done before I got in there. Coach Pearl laid, laid the foundation there uh, years ago. He set the bar pretty high. And now it's my job to come in there and build off the success that uh, Coach Pearl's had, you know, Coach Hurtis has had, and, of course, most recently Rodney Watts. And all those guys have done great jobs. Now it's my turn to go in. And I'm very honored, man, uh, to go back there, you know, to be the first African-American head coach there uh, in any program. Uh, it's an honor. You know, I was 
the first African American head coach at the University of Indianapolis. So you're getting that experience twice. And uh, I, I hold that to a high regard. And I'm going to uh, do my best to, to lead these guys to a national championship. Man, I didn't realize that you were the first African American coach at USI, but man, I mean, that, that says a lot. And I just remember when you guys were playing against, you said the bar was set high. I remember USI, Kentucky, Wesleyan. Man, it was just crazy. Like, y'all were always one and two. Or, you know, right. just, just, just battle. I mean, epic games. You know, I, what I'm excited about is you coming back and bringing energy to the, to the city. But also, man, you know, like, the credibility is there. So any player who, who knows any history about USI basketball, they have to know who you are. So when you speak, I mean, I think it's just going to bring a level of, uh, what, what can I say, a credibility uh, to the program with you coming back. I wanted to ask you a question about as you're building your staff, because I, you came back and I see you kept an assistant coach from the previous staff, Kevin Gant, and then you brought one of your guys from UFI, John Spruance. And so for some of the coaches out there or some of the young guys thinking about how do they get into the game, I'm sure you probably got, like you said, your phone was blowing up like, hey, coach, you know, can you put me on staff or whatnot? What are some of the things that you're thinking about in terms of building a staff? Because it's, it's rare to keep someone from the former staff. So what were, you, what were some of your thought processes as you were building your staff here? Well, number one is, is guys you can trust. Loyalty, in my eyes, in college basketball, uh, it's very important. You know, you, you see uh, guys get fired or things happen and assistant coaches – or throwing them the bus, you know. I, I want to make sure that I get guys that that's going to take a take a knife in the back for me versus putting a knife in my back. Uh, not to say I'm going to do anything, you know, unethical, but I want to make sure I, I hire guys that when we go out into the community, whether we're together or not, uh, they're they're saying they're giving positive vibes about the program and, and the university. And that's if we're winning, if we're losing, you know. I know it's easy to. Uh, point the finger at the head coach when things are not going 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 well, but it, it's a wee thing. And um, so I want guys like that. I think with me, it, it's all about loyalty. Um, the hiring of Kevin Gant, uh, you know, as, as a head coach for for the past, like I said, 19 years, I always like to uh, mentor young guys to you know to become you know great assistant coaches. And uh, Kevin Gant uh, is a young man that I watched from a distance for years with him being in the league. And I watch him on the road recruiting. Uh, I watch him interacting with the current student athletes at USI and been very positive. And I remember my first team meeting with the guys and I wanted those guys' opinion because I told those guys, this is not my team, I'm just your coach because anybody can be doing this job. But I, I want you guys to have some input on uh, our coaching staff. And, and I didn't just say that, I meant that. So I told those guys, I know it's hard right now. When you get off the phone, if you, when we get off the Zoom call, if you guys want to talk privately, uh, please do. And I said about 80% of the guys, Marcus, called on his behalf. So that, that turned the light bulb for me uh, and made me realize that, okay, this is a guy that I really need to be considering because all these guys are, are speaking highly of him. I don't think it's nothing he put them up to. It's just uh, – they all said some of the same things in terms of their relationship, the trust factor, how loyal he is. Uh, he did play at USI. I think that was another determining factor. So then I started calling around. Uh, I made about 10 or 15 phone calls to some people that, uh, that I knew that knew Kevin. And I, I told Kevin, I tried my hardest not to hire Kevin. 
And uh, of those 10 or 15 people I called, uh, not one person said a bad thing about them. So it's one of those things where, you know, the credibility is there with the student athletes. Uh, he, he got some great references from some guys that I knew, some coaches. Uh, a couple of my former players knew him who played at North Central High School. And then just to watch his body of work over the years, you know, I, I looked at one of his scouting reports, you know, I took a look at that. Uh, I looked at his recruiting um, uh, database. I looked at some of the notes he, he, he gave me when he was out recruiting. So I looked at all that kind of stuff. And I, I think those things are important. Uh, he's very organized, very detailed. And, and, and like me, he played at USI. So his blood veins, his bloodlines are, are the same as mine in terms of the, the likability uh, for USI. Uh, with, with John, uh, John was with me at, uh, at UND. And uh, I thought John had a, a really good chance to get a UND job. And I waited for him. I told him, if you don't get the UND job, then uh, I'll bring you along with me. And I think he, um, he got to the second round of the interview and, and got a call that he wasn't getting hired. And uh, I kept my promise. You know, I'm, I'm all about being loyal to the guys that has done right by me. And uh, over the years, John has been great to me and my, on my staff. He's been with me for about two years at, at UND, but he's been great, number one, the loyalty factor, but two, uh, these guys are, are students, students of the game, but also are, are going to be great role models for the student athletes of this basketball team. So I saw when you when you kept Coach Gant, and then I know I know you're a loyal guy and brought a guy with you, so I feel good about your staff. Which leads me to my next question: Is when you were at U of I, you know, you were there for 12 years, so you know you pretty much had your culture set. You start getting guys who know what to expect. So when freshmen come in, they 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 kind of double down on what you have already taught, even when you're not there. So now you're starting from scratch, right? You know, and you're talking to guys. So what are some of the things you're doing to help get the ball rolling and start to develop your culture before the season even starts? I think the, the main thing right now is getting these young men to uh, get, getting these guys a chance, rather, guys a chance rather to get to know me as a person. But I had a couple of guys over to my house for one-on-one -on -one meetings with myself, you know, dinner at the house, meeting my wife, I think the best way to anybody's heart is feed them. And uh, my, my wife made a great dinner for a couple guys. And uh, we had a chance to have some open dialogue about, you know, me, uh, about the young men I had over. I need to know what makes those guys click and vice versa. And it, it gave me a chance, you know, to, you know, kind of talk about my expectations, talk about my past. I don't like to dwell on my past too much as a student athlete. I think more so my professional career. But it, it gave these guys a chance to catch me one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, without the whole group because it's so hard to, to fill a person out uh, when you have, you know, 17 other people in the room. So once we get to Evansville, uh, I'm going to do the same thing with the remaining guys of the basketball team. We'll have, it's going to be expensive, but I think the end result is going to be great because you're going to get a chance to talk to the guys one-on-one. -on -one. But uh, from a team standpoint, you know, in our first meeting, I stressed three things uh, that we're going to build our team on. That's uh, character, academics, and basketball. And uh, we would never sacrifice our character and academics for basketball. And, um, and, and I mean that wholeheartedly. And, uh, you know, these guys over the years who, who've played for me, uh, now in my early career, I sacrificed those two things. But as you get older and wiser, you get tired of chasing guys around. And I want to be able to sleep at night. I have a 10-year-old that, you know, she was playing. I expect, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the same way that I expect her coach to be when she gets to college. So when I do things with my guys and, my, and, and set, you know, set the bar, uh, it's the same thing that I expect of my daughter's coach to, 
to do if she ever starts to play college basketball. So those three things are, are very important. Those are going to be our foundations. Um, I stress communication. You know, we, uh, I think young men to this day have a problem with communicating. And uh, I told a young man last week, uh, he, he texted me some important business and I picked up the phone and called. I said, you don't, import, you don't text important things uh, over text message. You know, you text me if you're running late or you're going to call later, but anything of importance uh, when you're conducting business, pick up the telephone and make a phone call. So uh, I'm trying to be a, a great coach, but even a better mentor, because at some point these young men uh, are going to quit playing basketball. The ball is going to quit bouncing rather. And, uh, you know, like you and I, they got to get out into the real world and, uh, and deal with some adversity. You know, I'm sure they're dealing with some right now with everything's going on. But, you know, as their coach and, and mentor, I'm trying to get these guys ready uh, for life after basketball because it's not going to last forever. Father time waits for no one. And uh, we just trying to get these guys prepared for, for life after basketball. I think that's really important. I think that supersedes the wins and losses in my eyes. Definitely, man. I mean, even like with me, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm an executive director of a YMCA, and there's some guys that come in, and I always say, I just use basketball as a vessel. Yeah, yep. we can come in there and hoop, but I'm, I'm, I'm using basketball to develop that relationship so I can mm -hmm. start really talking to you about the things that's going to allow you to be a valuable contributor to society, hopefully be a better husband, you know, right. be a father, all those things like that. And I want to double down on something that you said earlier, because people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, uh, here's my highlight film. Can you pass this along to this or that coach? And the, the, the three <laughs> things you said you're building your program on is the, the first thing I ask, what's his character and integrity like? Mm -hmm. Second is, what's his grades like? Because if those two aren't there, I'm not messing with it. You know, and, right. and I know that because right. I know that the head coach isn't messing with it. Right. Then, then I look at the tape. I don't even ask to send me the tape. If someone says, oh, you know, this kid is a kind of trouble kid, you know, but he's got mega talent. No, nah, I'm not messing with it. And then you got to look at the grade. So anybody out there that's thinking, I, I, you know, I think I got a chance to play college or a parent is thinking, like, why isn't my kid getting looks? Look at, them, look at the character, look at the grades, and then develop the game. So that's a good way to start your program, man. And I think that's very important. Um, you know, I, I get film. I get maybe 30, 45 emails a day with, you know, kids or parents sending information in about, hey, my kid this, or even AAU coach, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think once I sift through all the, all the emails and I start, you know, uh, uh, checking back in with the people on the, other, on the other side, the first thing I ask for is a transcript, you know. And if the transcripts don't add up, I'm not even going to watch the film. So uh, if anybody's listening and, and want to know, like, hey, what do I got to do? When you send that film, send the transcript as well, because I think that's very important. Because without that transcript, the basketball makes makes – it's not going to happen, yeah. you know. So, and then we talk about, like I said, the, the character as well. And then I want to know what kind of person you are. I, I I try and do my homework for the most part. Once I once I do get past the the, uh, the transcript, sometimes the transcript will tell you a lot about a kid. If he's got good grades, chances are he's going to be a good kid. But we we call the AAU coaches, the high school coaches. You know, sometimes when you're recruiting transfers, you call the teammates. You call, I mean, everybody. You just got to do your due diligence because. This is an investment. You know, we're investing X amount of dollars into you, into, into you, and we want to make sure we're getting something back out of it. And we don't want to bring anybody into our program that's going to be detrimental to the university, uh, to our program, let alone yourself. And I think those things are very important. Man, I could talk about this forever because I think, I think <laughs> kids don't, and parents don't right. understand this. 
uh, because sometimes the how the parents act could affect the recruitment, you know, and just the, the, the kids just don't understand if a coach has, has something rolling, it's usually because the culture is good. And mm-hmm. you don't want to bring someone in that can average 22 points a game, but he's going to start poisoning the freshmen about their work ethic, what they're doing right. off the court, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, yeah, but th- th- that's all. Well, I think, I think another thing, and you, you said the magic word, kids, because kids are going to make mistakes. And I think we as parents have got to do a good job of making sure our kids understand the important things of, of college athletes, you know, academics and character, and then the other thing is last. Uh, you know, kids are going to make mistakes, of course, and kids are going to do some things that uh, that's, that's not conducive to what you're trying to do as a coach, you know, especially at the high school level. Uh, but it's our job as, as parents, coaches, mentors, to reel these guys back in. And it's one of those things where, you know, I always tell my guys to this day, you, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Right. And, uh, you know, Marcus, sometime I go to a gym and after I watch a kid, a number of times I'll, I'll sneak in and not tell the kid I'm coming to watch him play. I wouldn't, I won't wear my USI gear. I just wear some regular clothes, sit up top and I will sit up there and watch a game, but I won't watch the kids play. I want to watch him coming in and out of the game. I want to watch how he's leading his, his teammates. I want to watch uh, how he reacts when the coach is, is on his butt about, you know, missing an assignment, how he's going to deal with an official, make a bad call. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. There was a kid we was looking at about, seven years ago that was really good basketball player. And I heard he had some character flaws during the basketball game. And I, and I drove down to Chicago, uh, watched this young man play. And um, everything everybody said about him was true, which was true with his character flaws. And I immediately walked out of the gym. Uh, I called his coach and was like, hey, listen, man, we're going to pull our scholarship. We're not going to, we're going to, we're not going to offer. We're going to move. We're going to move on. And, uh, you know, that's just some of the things you got to do, man, because at the end of the day, man, you, you're coaching young kids. But at the same time, it, it's our livelihood as coaches. And uh, we have to make sure that we're going to bring the right type of guys into our program that's going to represent uh, our university in, in a first-class manner. I think that's very important. And it starts with me. You know, it starts up top. You know, if I'm not, you know, walking that walk, I can't talk the talk, you know. So I think it starts with me. And, uh, and I think if, if we set the bar high enough as coaches and, and guys come into the program and, and respect us, it'd be easy for those guys to, to live a good life or do, or do things the right way. Exactly right, man. I think that's one of the reasons you got hired there is because not only that you could hoop, because there's been quite a few guys that could come through, came through USI that could hoop. Maybe not at your level, but there's a lot of good guys who came through, but also your integrity and character and how you lead young men obviously pushed you over the edge. So looking in, looking forward to next year, you know, I know you might be familiar with some of the guys because you've seen them and, you know, I'm sure you followed a little bit, but what are some of your expectations for next year? Um, do you have any guys that are, uh, that you signed or that, that may have, that may be transferring or that were sitting out last year or anybody that you expect that may have a good year and just overall team expectations? Well, high expectations uh, for three guys that were on my team, on the team last year. They were 22-8 uh, last year. We bring them back four starters. Uh, Mateo Riviera, uh, who's the brother of uh, Devontae Smith Riviera, who played at Georgetown, and uh, who also played for the Chicago Bulls for a little while. So he's my starting point guard. Uh, he was a second-team all-conference player. And then Emmanuel Little. Um, Emmanuel and Mateo both played high school ball together at North Central for the great, for the great, great Doug Mitchell. Um, but uh, Emmanuel was a 16 
point eight points per game score in a, in a I think a eight point two rebound eight point two rebounds per game, and uh, he was a first team All Conference player at six seven, and then Josh Price who played at Shortridge, uh, he should have been an All Conference he should have been an All Conference player he averaged twelve and eight, uh, he's about six eight about two forty five but he great footwork inside so those are the three guys I'm going to lean on this year in terms of uh, 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 leadership on the court off the basketball court, and they're going to carry a majority load of our scoring. Uh, we signed a great uh, scorer. Uh, he was uh, a freshman uh, at Lane College. His name is Tyler Henry, and uh, he averaged 15 points as a freshman, so he transferred in. And then uh, I bought a 6'9 kid with me from UND. Uh, we were 24 and 6 at UND last year, so I bought my starting center with. He's going to sit one and play two. And, and then we uh, got a couple of the guys that we, we, we have – they're done in terms of uh, the paperwork's turned in, but waiting on some other T's and I's to get dotted before we can publicly announce them. But we, we're going to be a pretty good basketball team. I think, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but my coaching staff has done a great job uh, with this recruiting class. We only needed four, uh, but we got a really good four uh, that's going to come into our system and be an immediate impact. And uh, I think, you know, with the 22 and 18 last year, uh, if – I'm a betting man. Uh, I think we, we should be a team that will, that'll win the league this year. Man, I like to hear that, man. That's a, I'm, I'm, I'm raising that. the bar high already, right? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> got to think that. If you don't believe in yourself, who will? And right. you know, I know that recently you see that the picture in the background, but, like, you guys just uh, renovated or got a new facility. I, I, even when I was playing in Evansville, Evansville was might have been the D1 school, but if you wanted to have – a good college on-campus experience. USI has, you know, a lot of people there. It's a big campus, great dorms, great facilities. So, I mean, I know it's you already as, as a player and the credibility and then uh, add that to the facilities. You know, I think that you, you're you setting yourself up well to not only with this recruiting class, but recruiting classes moving forward as well. Right. With this place, we, this new place we have, like you mentioned, it's, uh, we'll be going, this is year two of, of playing in the new arena. Uh, and it's not the old that you used to come over and play, and this is, this is brand new. It's a $62 million facility. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's all I can say to this point. Uh, we're, in, we're in – that was phase one, and phase two is coming up with the new, with the new weight room, uh, with the new kinesiology depart, department, uh, the coaches' offices, and, and we, we, we're going to get a, a swim team, I think I, I'm hearing. But phase two is going to be uh, just as good as phase one. As you see in the background, man, phase one has – uh, President Suites, uh, the Varsity Club, who is the number one number one supporters of USI basketball and, and probably the best in the country uh, in terms of support. But uh, we, we got a good thing going, man. I think once kids come to campus and see uh, our product, man, it's one of those things that's going to be hard to say no to. So no really excited, man, really excited about, you know, just getting down and, uh, you know, Getting back to basketball, man, everything has changed uh, my life and sure yours as well. Uh, but, you know, just excited. I got so many new ideas now with the COVID thing going on, man. You <laughs> get this notebook out every day, man, just trying to make sure I don't mess it up. Right. <laughs> so really excited about it, man. And uh, shout out to all the coaches who are uh, along the year, over the years, rather, who have helped me out on my career. I think I mentioned Pearl and Herders, but Royce Waltman and those guys. Indiana State, man, there's a number of guys who I can mention um, that, you know, you'll see a little bit of those guys in me as I, as I, as I move forward in my career. Yeah, we could talk forever. I, I remember we've talked before offline just about Royce Waltman, and he's helped so many guys. I mean, just, just in this podcast that I've done, I know he's had his hands on you, 
David Raglan, uh, Kareem Richardson. You know, he's helped a lot of guys along the way. So, uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited about what you got going on there. And, I, and what I always close up with is it's called the details of life. You know, so I bring on people who have had some level of success as a player, as a coach. You've done all that. So what are what do you have any daily habits or routines or anything that you think has helped contribute to your level of success? I don't know, man. Just staying true to who you are. You know, I think that's the main thing with me. I don't never try to, you know, be somebody who I'm not. You know, you you as a coach, it's so easy to watch other guys and say, I want to do that. But you got to realize the level of play you're at. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't do everything that Kentucky's doing. You can't do everything that Duke is doing because they have elite type athletes. You know what I mean? So you got to stay true to who you are and, and believe in whatever system you, in, you, you uh, implement that, uh, that is going to work, you know? And I, I went through that, like I said, a second ago, I coached for, I coach and play for a lot of different coaches and I stole a little bit of those guys, stole a little bit of their wisdom and, and some of the things they've done and just tweaked it to my liking. And uh, you see the success we've had. Uh, some of my daily routines, man, I try to get up early in the morning, check my emails right away, get back to anybody right away before I take my either my, my morning bike ride, my jog, or my walk, one of the, one of the three. And uh, that gives my wife and I a chance to have some alone time before she gets going with her day. And uh, we do that about an hour every day. Every morning we get up and, you know, do one of those three things. And uh, that gives us a chance to exercise together, to talk together, and then uh, get back home, man, have my cup of coffee, man, and just start my day, you know. Uh, we do our daily devotions together. You know, we try to spend some time in, in, in the word of God. And, you know, we start our day, man. But other than that, man, I try to keep it simple. I don't try to reinvent the wheel. If I think, you know, I've tried that before. I try to do some things other guys are doing early in my career. <laughs> that didn't work, man. I remember year one at Indy, we were we were 9 and 18 because I was trying to run what Matt Painter was doing. I tried to run what Royce Wadman was doing, man. I had to find, I had to find myself. And, uh, it took me a couple of years that nine and 18 year was a trying time for me. It humbled me because, right. you know, coming, you know, immediately from playing, you know, you think you can, you know, go out there as a coach and like, Hey man, it's going to be easy. Well, it's not because it was, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. So it took me a couple of years to, to get the ball rolling, man. And just never look back. I always felt like I had a good enough staff uh, to, to help me, you know, get to where I wanted to go, man. And I think, you know, as successful as I've been as a coach, man, it, it, it never would have happened without a great support cast at home with my wife and daughter. Uh, great family atmosphere with my brothers and sisters, but not to mention, you know, some of the best assistant coaches that ever worked for me, man. All those guys, whether they lasted in my career in, in, on my staff or not, uh, all those guys have been very important to my coaching career, man. And I can't thank those guys enough. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. When I talk to a lot of guys, everyone says working out, you know, trying to get better each day. If there's one piece of suggestion, you did throw something out there that I, I've had to learn, is when I wake up in the morning, man, I think we all have that habit of grabbing our phone, looking at the emails. And 90% of the days, that's a good thing. But man, one thing I've, had, I've tried to work on is try to go get my workout in first when I first wake up in the morning. Because every once in a while, you grab that phone and it's a bad email. Something came through. And right. it's, it's your day off to a bad start in the first few minutes. So I try to get up, get my little workout in, might be 30 minutes, and then respond directly to the emails. But I can't, hey. Right. You've know, you had a lot of emails, what, so I'm not trying to change anything you're doing. I, I think that's very important because you get some, some you time. Because you, you coached before, man. And coaching, 
if you turn that phone on right away, man, It'll that's going that could, that could mess your whole day up. Yep. And uh, I worked for uh, an athletic director at UND, Dr. Sue Willie, and she was great. She helped me understand the importance of, of work-life balance. Mm. And uh, she, she put a rule in place uh, a couple years ago at UND that from six to nine, you cannot call the athletic trainers, sports information guys, give those guys a chance to have some family time. I think that was the best thing ever happened to my career because what, what I do, Marcus, man, after I work out and, and I go hard up until about 5, 30, 6 o'clock, and about 6 o'clock, I shut that phone off from about 6 to 9 o'clock so I can there you go. spend quality time with my 10-year-old. And then after that, I get back on the phone if need to be after 9 o'clock and, and knock out some phone calls uh, with, with, with uh, you know, recruiting or, or my staff. But I, I try to make sure I, I balance so I can be a part of my daughter's life. I, the biggest thing I learned from Coach Waltman was uh, he told me he never had a chance to watch his kids grow up because he was always working. And uh, I think if I didn't take nothing else from him, I wanted to make sure that I was present in my daughter's life, man. And fortunately for me, I've been a chance, I've had a chance to get to majority of her volleyball games, uh, you know, get home some meetings and just do something simple as playing in the, in the yard. And I think that's kept me uh, somewhat, um, somewhat in shape uh, in tune to what she had going on. And uh, it's just a blessing to work for some great ADs that, that understands that. And, you know, I tell my staff the same thing, man, make sure you take care of your family first, because at the end of the day, you know, we could lose these jobs with, uh, with the snap of a finger, yeah. but your family's always going to be there and, and never abandon your family uh, for, for, for basketball, man. Because I think at the end of the day, man, family, is, it's all you have. So yeah, you you, you're exactly right, man. I try to do something similar. I, I never text my staff before 8 a.m. And yep. I try not to after 5.30. You can only be your best at work if you're, you're, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're good at home. Otherwise, you right. start bringing your stuff from home to work and you can't be your best. So, man, it's exactly. good to hear that, you, that you're doing that. Man, I, like I said, I just want to close up with, I, I love the fact that USI brought a former player back with the credibility of, of on-the-court stuff. But just as importantly, man, it's clear, you know, the, like you talked about the character, academics, and you've talked about family and about four different answers, bringing kids over to eat, spending time with your family. And chances are, whether it's D2 or D1, the chances of kids going to play professionally is very slim. But if they're watching their, their, their leader, be good to his wife, be good to his kids, you know, treat people with respect. I think that trickles down, man. And so I'm, I'm really proud and really happy to know that they brought you back, man. I'm wishing you nothing but success, coach. Man, I appreciate it, Marcus. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, right, man. doing well, a great job with the show, man. I'm a big fan, man. Uh, I finally got my chance to come on. I appreciate you. Man. <laughs> Anytime, brother. I'm definitely going to have you back. Some hope, pro Probably won't mess with you much during the year, but hopefully hey, I'm having you matter, back. Man. Hopefully I'm having you back around April and we're talking about your first national championship as a coach at USI, man. So good luck to you, coach. And man, Thank we'll you. catch up with you soon, all right? Thank you, man. God bless you, man. All right, man. You too, man. Talk right. to you later. You too. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Stan, for coming on and spending some time with us today, sharing that knowledge. Really appreciate it and looking forward to seeing you on the court and your quest to win a national title at USI at your alma mater. Good luck to you, buddy. Moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, cannot wait for our next guest to come on. We're going to bring on another Missouri Valley Conference head coach. My goal is to touch the entire Missouri Valley Conference because, as you know, I'm a color commentator for the conference. So it, would, it was only right for me to bring all of those coaches on and get to know them better and allow you to get to know them better. So 
Looking forward to next week for another Missouri Valley Conference head coach. Make sure you tune in for that. And because they, they all have had great careers and really things that you can learn from throughout their careers. The Missouri Valley Conference has often been a springboard for coaches from this conference to higher conferences. Conzo Martin, Steve Alford, several others have started here and moved on to higher conferences. So we have a lot of budding stars in this conference, and I'm looking forward to getting some of their knowledge and the details because you know what? Greatness is in the details, guys. Thank you so much. Continue to like, subscribe, and share. Looking forward to seeing you back here next week. God bless. Peace.